Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 119. So this week um, had a few updates, I suppose. We're going through, um, we've officially finished Black Friday. It went really well. Thanks for everyone that purchased uh, a full bundle or a foundation bundle. Um, speaking of which, uh, the pricing update, uh, how we essentially do business is, is fully underway. Uh, the website is all updated. Go and check out the pricing page if you haven't already. Um, you can now purchase any of our courses individually or any combination that you like of our six courses that we have, phases one to five and intermediate, or you can purchase the whole lot as a full bundle uh, for like a 50% discount. Um, and more importantly, we actually have a 14-day free trial. So uh, this actually gives full access to phase one and pronunciation mastery, which is like 600 plus lessons or something like that, and 3,000 flashcards. We just thought we'd just give a huge chunk uh, for a longer period of time. We might even increase it to 30 days if people request it, um, because it's all, you know, we just want to get more people to try it out. Uh, so that's all available on the website now. Uh, another little update that we're going to make because of Black Friday, we had a few requests just saying, I really want to gain lifetime access to the course, but it's, you know, it's, it's a decent chunk of money up front. And uh, we did offer installments, uh, or two installments or three installments rather for full, the full bundle, but at a fairly hefty sort of price increase overall. And we thought, let's rethink this to make it easier uh, for people. So we've got, we've decided that for now anyway, we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll test this out for a few months and see, see what the feedback is like as with everything that we do. Um, we're going to just get rid of subscriptions completely and we're going to switch to much more generous uh, installment plans. So uh, in fact, by the time this podcast is out, maybe a week later, maybe a couple of weeks from, from now, um, we should update the website with this. What we're going to do is put a little slider on the pricing page for the bundle. So you're going to have two months installments, three months, six months installments, and 12 months installments. Uh, of course, uh, the monthly price will increase. The total price will decrease. Will uh, sorry, the monthly price as you pay more months will of course go down, uh, but the overall price will increase, but not so starkly. It'll be a steady increase. Um, which of course is industry standards, that sort of thing. And I think that's a lot fairer and it gives people access to the course. So they can pay, for example, instead of paying $599 up one in one lump sum, which is actually the biggest value, the cheapest way to do it, to gain full access to everything. They could do $65 a month for 12 months. And But the cool thing is, once you've paid everything, it's all yours. You get it for life instead of a subscription where as soon as you stop paying, that's it. You lose everything. And it's kind of like, so I think that's going to work out better. Let us know what you think about that idea, guys. If you're on the course, you know, obviously, if you already own everything and you're listening to this, I hope, uh, you know, I'd also be great to get your feedback on it too. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I just thought that's, I think that's going to be a nice sort of improvement, um, make the course more accessible for people. So, uh, yeah, aside from that, um, I was sort of this week, I was playing around with Anki again. I'm sort of, because I, I mainly just like to listen and read and I live in China, so I, 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 I chat and I, I, of course, speak with my wife all the time in Chinese. And um, I, since I moved to Dali, 
I have sort of stopped doing speaking lessons, but I will get back on that as well regularly, at least once a week, like 45 minutes, one hour, just unloading, just talking about an interesting topic in Chinese. Um, but one thing I have been doing is play, playing around again with Anki. So you, actually, yeah, that was the whole point of all that whole diatribe that I just said. As a like a more advanced learner, like it's 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 difficult to use Anki. You know, it's it's it's, it's I don't want to say it's difficult to use Anki. It's more it's harder to keep up with Anki because in a lot of ways it's overall more efficient to just listen and read more, and it's maybe even more enjoyable for some people. But occasionally I get impatient and I, I don't want to learn words naturally. I want to sort of hack them a little bit. Uh, but of course, it takes Anki is just a big it, it takes a bit of time, you know, to have to create the cards and stuff, but it's well worth it to do so. But uh, essentially, the long and short of it is I'm lazy, right? So I'm just trying to, um, I was just trying to get back into Anki. And as I was getting back into it, I was, I was looking at the add-ons and wow, have I forgotten about how amazing the add-ons are. And there have been some improvements in this area. You know, I watched a few videos online just about like, oh, what's the, what are the new cool add-ons to do? And there's just tons, guys. I highly recommend you go and check on the check out the add-on section of Anki 2.1, and just and just try some out. Uh, of course, just organize it by the highest rating. And there's there's just hundreds of them. I would there's at least fifty that are like very good, and then of course there's like twenty or so that are just awesome. Um, so I've just installed a ton of these add-ons and a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you can do now in terms of gamification to make the whole reviewing process more gamified, more fun, get little rewards. Um, there's like a there's a life drain feature, which I thought was really cool. So like there's a timer that goes and your life like depletes to zero gradually. And if, as you get an answer right, uh, it goes back up. If you get an answer wrong, you can you can program this to also take a higher chunk of your life away. And when you get to zero, it just plays a little wah, wah, sort of sound and then you can start again. It's not a big deal, but it's just it's something there to keep you going, you know. Um, heat map is amazing as well. It's got this heat map of all your progress over the year. Um, there's just tons of cool stuff. So I highly recommend that you go and check that out. Whether you're on the course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method or not, uh, you know, you should be using Anki and uh, you should go and check that out. So. Uh, as for updates, that's about it uh, for this week. Uh, let's jump into the comments and emails that we've had so far. So the first one I want to go through is Michaela Ellison on Xing Bu Xing. Xing Bu Xing. It's like, is that all right in Chinese? Xing Bu Xing. Is, uh, Xing means possible. So Xing Bu Xing is like, is it possible? So Michaela says, my impression is Xing Bu Xing is asking if something is possible while Kubukui is asking for permission. Is that the right distinction between the two phrases or does it just depend on the context? So the answer is there's a huge overlap. Um, I don't really, Xing Bu Xing, it's, it's, uh, Xing actually is more like possible. Um, so you would definitely use it if you're specifically wanting to say, is something physically possible to do? Um, but you can certainly use it for permission as well. So um, I'm just going to take this, Xing Bu Xing. Or how about we, uh, you know, 明天我们约时间吃饭,一起吃饭,行不行? Like, is that possible? Is that all right? Um, so it's both, it's a very big overlap there, okay? So, 可不可以 is the opposite. It's kind of like, um, 
it it's it can be asking if something's possible but most of the time it leans towards asking permission okay so the answer is both but you know one leans towards the other the next one here is from uh, garrett rogers on it's a word for guo and he asks what's the difference between guo and lu i believe we've answered this before we have a youtube video out there on this i think that phil did but uh quickly Guo means I've experienced something. I've done something before in my life. Um, and there's another usage as well, which I'll mention in a sec. Um, so, for example, 我去过中国, I've been to China at some point, right? Whereas Le just is a change of any kind. Uh, it can actually be in any tense, but it's usually signifying the past tense because that's where most changes would have taken place, right? Uh, like like have you eaten but here's the interesting thing about guo and le uh, they can often be used together so so for example you could answer that question have you eaten with right so I have I have eaten or you could just say um, but guo is used in that specific situation to say I have done this sort of a very common thing like you know washing your hands or eating food or brushing your teeth uh i've done that very recently sort of within that day um i have done the thing that i'm supposed to do uh, uh, i've already eaten thank you of course you could say oh, uh, I've already, but it's more common to say uh, so it's just one of those interesting uh sort of usages that you don't really see in textbooks you, you sort of have to hear it in real life um so that's something that you can use jason pon on uh, vocab unlocked for he says is there any insight into the use of to convey the most past and future if i'm understanding correct this means both recently in the past and upcoming in the near future and i see it kind of as closeness in time from the current period in either direction yeah i think you'd be right about that for sure recently lately soon upcoming and this is an example just like i i said with guo earlier it's like of course the the most common usage of this guo is the first one i said just mean I, i've been to china or chugo zhongguo but it's also used in a less common way um or a less known way it's actually very common um to say i have done this thing today or very very recently um the thing is this everyday action i've completed and it's sort of similar with Zuijin. It's like Zuijin, very, very, like say so 90% of its usage, I'll just make up a figure in my head. 90% of the usage of this is to mean recently. So for example, <clears throat> how have you been recently? Which is my go-to phrase for asking, how are you? I don't say ni hao ma or something like that. I say, Zuijin zen me yang. Zuijin zen me yang. How have you been recently? So that's the vastly mo most common usage. And, uh, but it's also used in the future. So here's another sentence for you. I just grabbed this off Pleco. Many new films will be released soon. Will be released soon. So you can use it in that in that sense, but of course it's just far less common. Uh, so yeah, I hope those two example sentences help clear that up for anyone that's listening there. Becca G on level 15 complete. Becca has been doing really well on the course. So there's 57 levels in total, so she's still got a long way to go. But getting to level 15 is sort of where 
because the, the course is in phases, right? Phase one is levels one to six. It's all about characters, like mastering the character learning method. Phase two is about mastering learning words and characters, like actual compound words together. Uh, and then phase three, which is where Becker is, is all about transitioning from individual characters and words to actually reading whole sentences and understanding them. And it's a big transition. It's probably the hardest transition because it's just, well, it's, it's, it's a big difference, right? Um, and level 13 is the first level of phase three. And we, we end up hitting you with a lot of uh, sentences that you've built up over the previous levels in pre phases one and two that you've, that you've unlocked. And, and so it's a lot to work through. And uh, at the same time as this transition, it, it can be tough, right? And then 14, 15 is where you start to get the hang of things. And you can see that from uh, Becca's, um, Becca's response here. She says, Whew. I think that's how you pronounce that. Finally finished level 15. I will say all the level 13 to 15 sentence cards in Anki definitely slowed me down a lot, but in a good way. Being a bit of a completionist, I'm doing all of the sentences, not just the required ones. Uh, yes, of course, we did that to because we just said, okay, we're going to make these sentences that are like the minimum to acquire certain grammar points that you need. And extra ones, of course, we recommend that you do too. But if you're impatient to get to the next level, which a lot of people are, understandably, you want to get keep moving forward, you can skip those and do them later once you're uh, a bit more uh, quick at, say, uh, reading later on down the line. Uh, she continues, even though it is more to go through, I feel it really helps seeing these words in a few different example sentences. Yeah, you can't, it, it's never going to hurt to have more input, right? I may be spending more time on them than is really necessary. As I sound them all out and practice my tones before listening to the recordings to see if I got it all right. Yeah, that's going to take more time. But again, it's, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you, right? So it's going to technically slow you down. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna have a lot more depth to your skill, as well as you know breadth later on. On top of that, I want to really understand the sentence before I move on. I often find myself muttering a lot of these sentences aloud without realizing it as I go about my day. <laughs> my husband will ask, "What the heck I'm jabbering?" Oh, I just asked you to come check out this wooden spoon. <laughs> or you look pretty today. That's hilarious. Haha, <laughs> I love this program so much. I always look forward to lesson time. Even if I'm only able to do one hour and an hour, only an hour a day, that's like, um, that's pretty good an hour a day for the average person, I would say. So um, do not be harsh on yourself there, Becca. You do, and, uh, that's, that's brilliant that you see an hour a day is like only an hour a day. It's always worth my time. Thank you both for putting so much time and effort into building MB. I've learned so much in only a month and have had a blast doing so. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, for the wonderful comment and for smashing the course. <laughs> so that's really good, actually, a month. So you've gone through, um, I haven't, I can't, I, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't know, that would be, I'd say, what, around 200 characters, right? Maybe 180 or something like that, if I'm remembering correctly. So not bad, along with all the words and the sentences and, of course, pronunciation mastery as well. There's a, it's a ton of work. So well done, Becca. 
Um, that kind of reminds me, actually, I was uh, <clears throat> I was saying uh, I was writing an email today and yesterday uh, about, you know, just trying to sort of highlight the benefits of what we do. And uh, I would say that in terms of actual results, you know, we I think we're the best out there in terms of actual results, but also we require actual work, actual effort. You know, like what Becca's done. Like she, clearly, she she's it's not been a breeze, right? She's not just like, yeah, I'm just pressing this button on this app. It's making a cool sound and it's making this flashy thing. And I'm sort of at the same time, I'm sort of flipping and checking my Facebook, and I'm just like listening to something and repeating it. You actually have to engage a lot, you know, with with our course and our content. Uh, it takes more energy than most, the most uh, like say apps and courses out there. I would say you can't just sit there and listen and go, okay, cool. Next video, you have to apply everything, follow the instructions. They're very clear instructions, but put a lot in. But you get more out than anywhere else. I think you know, uh, and I just love that because uh, I don't like the idea of us being like, yeah, you can reach, you know, uh, what do we what do we say? Sometimes we say like you, know, you can reach eighty percent of uh, master 80% of the language by coverage, you know, a 1000 words in as little as two months. It's like, yeah, that's possible. But we always make it clear on the page somewhere. It's like it takes real work, you get it takes time, as long as you're willing to put in the time you can get those results, you know. Um, so well done, Becca, that's awesome to hear. Um, please keep us updated. That was just a, that was a great message. Michaela Ellison on Jida as in uh, to remember something. Can you explain how Shangzhou gave you the Hua? translates to what we said last week. Literally, it seems like the sentence would mean the words that last <laughs> the words that last week gave you to say. That is that's fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, that's the problem with translations, right? I mean, try putting any Chinese in Google Translate and seeing what you seeing what English you come out with. I guess it's getting better, but it's a long way off, you know. Um, yeah, translation is just, it's kind of like um it's it's just a rough it's not an exact science really you know uh it's just the meaning that that sentence conveys that's what it would be the equivalent to in english of course we're not going to translate literally otherwise that wouldn't be much of a translation do you see what i mean so yeah it, it, but it's really common in the early days to stress out about translations please don't um uh, just try and get the rough idea. As long as it, you know the actual words mean the actual words, and it's not too far off, that's good enough. But it was it, it was tough for us to translate some of these too. Like I have so much respect for translators. In fact, I was talking to um, one fairly recently, a couple of months ago, um, and just it, that's something that I'll never do because, again, I've said already, and I've said many times. I'm pretty lazy, like, uh, and I like to. That's why I like shortcuts and hacks and all this sort of stuff. But the people, the um, let's say the non-native speakers that end up taking it to the highest level you possibly possibly can are the translators. Uh, the highest level translators are those guys or girls that can listen to Chinese and Im immediately translate into their native language. Just, just like a, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'm sure some of you listening to this will know. Well, it's like it's like a, you know, it's just immediate translation, uh, and of course their their Chinese would be they'd they'd be able to translate from their native language to Chinese very well too. But obviously they would just not 
they, the, the, their boss would much rather hire a Chinese person for that because it's just easier and cheaper. Um, but that's, I think, as far as I understand, that's about as high as you can go in terms of your level of Chinese as a, um, which even native speakers wouldn't be able to do, you know, uh, to or at least it would be hard for a native speaker to do. So massive respect to those people um, because that's just, I remember even seeing, um, <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Dashan uh, on. If you don't know who Dashan is, just check it out. Uh, check him out. He's a big mountain Dashan, Canadian guy. Been famous in China for about 25, 30 years now. Um, just impeccable Chinese, you know. Just uh, it makes me feel like I'm an absolute beginner. Like listening to him speak, and he actually does stand up comedy in Chinese. Um, so he's been doing this for a long time. Um, just fantastic pronunciation. Um, but even he said in an interview, like, they were like, are you like the best of the best? And he's like, no, I'm not the best of the best. Like the best of the best are those guys, the translator guys. They can just do, 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 they can just switch over. It just takes a different, uh, it's just a whole other level. Um, so anyway, it's enough, uh, it's enough gushing. I'm just going to go on to the, on to the next question here. Next one is uh, Curtis Castanguay. Uh, he says... I'm very excited to be able to read sentences too, as mentioned by Kim Thomas above. You mentioned that one should be able to fill in the blank and translate the sentence, which I'm doing well. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's it. Oh, that's another thing I meant to mention about, sorry, Becker's. Yeah, this is related to, to Becker's uh, comment as well. Because um, Becker was also take, going that extra mile, wasn't she? She, was, she wasn't just doing uh, what Curtis says here just filling in the blank, and which is the minimum. That's all you need to do and just move on. She was taking it that extra step further. She was sounding it out. She was uh, trying to guess, uh, make sure she fully understood every every single aspect of it before moving on, which is also absolutely fine. He says, the thing that slowed me down is trying to pronounce these sentences. This is the first time one sees all these characters together. While I realize it can't necessarily hurt, or can it? I'm doing too much slowing myself down. Should I be in a listen and learn stage? Perhaps just vocalize those sentences are a bit easier. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, this is, I'm sure tons of people on the course have had or have got or have had this doubt or query uh, before uh, or right now. So um, the answer is do it based on your mood. And how much time and how much anki cards you have built up <laughs> if you're like 500 cards to get through i would just get through them don't cheat you know don't just you know skip through i obviously do them but do the absolute minimum but if you are if you have lots of time you have lots of energy uh you're in a good mood you want to just uh you, you want to take it that extra mile like becca does do it you know do it but base it on how you feel that's it you know because you always want to see doing the reviews and learning Chinese as a uh, as a cool, fun hobby, really. Unless you're the translator, guys. Um, but uh, and it's, it, if you're ever doing it and you're like, oh, I've got to do it. If you ever have that feeling of like dread reviewing or do, then you're doing it wrong. You need to take it easier on yourself. You need to take on a lighter workload and have more breaks. You need to gamify it with some cool add-ons. You need to work on that area. So, in short, Curtis, if you feel like taking that extra extra few seconds per card, go ahead and do it. And But do not feel bad if you don't, because you're doing the minimum, which is all you need, right? 
to progress, to make incredible progress. Um, and you can always just practice with the tutor more later on down the line, or just do more shadowing on your own later on down the line. Just hit that hard, you know, later. It's fine. Next here is Patrick on um, New Vocabulary Unlocked for Renko and Ruko. He says, okay, so I'm getting the aspects of set, prop, actors for characters, but I'm confused about the new words. For example, in the case of Renko and Ruko, should we be building a scene? There are fields in Anki for lived experience and mnemonic. Should I be filling those in? This is another thing that people might be wondering as well, because we have so many different mnemonic techniques going on in the course, and we're introducing new ones all the time early on. Uh, it can get confusing, right? So wait a minute. So the Hansa movie method is purely about characters. So the set, the props, the actors, um, the keyword, the script, let's say, it's all related to the character. So this, just for anyone that doesn't know, the set will get you to choose buildings that you know that represent the final of the pinions, you know, ENG or IN or sorry, EN rather. Um, and the props are the objects that, re that you imagine that represent the components of the characters. Um, and uh, the actors represent the pinion initial, you know, B or YI or whatever. Uh, and then you put them all together. Whoops. You put them all together uh, to create a movie scene that represents the meaning of that character. So it all sort of works in sync like that. That's separate, right? So we haven't devised a system. I've been playing around with one, but I haven't devised an actual memory palace technique for learning compound words. I'm playing around with it. I, in my spare time, I'm trying to sort of think like um, I saw something there, there's there's definitely people like people that do this sort of thing, um, like memory athletes, I'm sure uh, there's some research out there, there's some methods out there that, that already do this for compound words. But every time I've looked into it, it just seems more work than seems necessary. But then again, I had that impression about the hands move method before I started using it and seeing the incredible results. Um, so anyway, but for compound words, um, and again, like I mentioned in my last podcast, we, we, I've shot a video, it's like an hour long, we're going to cut it up, which is all about how to create vocab mnemonics and we'll release it on YouTube at some point soon as well. Uh, but basically just lived experience, mnemonic, uh, images, sounds, characters, you think of any link that you can to the words. So for example, um, you wouldn't necessarily need to imagine, uh, you know, your EN location, like, just forget about the hands and moving method. Just look at the characters, you need a way of connecting to the characters and the meaning at least, and preferably uh, backing it up with some something from your personal life. So just off the top of my head here, Ren and Kou. So uh, the actual use of coal here is rather rare and advanced. Because um, coal is the measure word for people. Like, there's three people in my home, in my family rather. Um, but it's quite relatively rare for a beginner, right? So you, you wouldn't be familiar with coal. You're used to that meaning sort of opening of some kind, like a meng kou, like a point to my door, but you can't see it. So I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> so mengkou, door opening, this doorway, right? Um, that's the more common meaning that you'd be used to. So let's just use that. 
people and opening. So I, I, you can use your imagination. So you can connect to the characters in some way. Um, and you can, okay, so people and opening. Uh, coal also means mouth. Uh, it's like ancient Chinese, it means mouth. Um, it could be like, you know, uh, mouth of a river, I believe. <clears throat> so how can we connect to that? And then you, once you've made that connection, you support it with an image and you put that image in your flashcard and you move on. Um, so, okay, Renkou, Renkou. Um, so uh, what, what sort of connection do we think? So people opening. So I'm thinking of like, the bigger a population, the more mouths they have to feed, um, or like opening the border gates um, to increase your population. So like allow, basically allowing immigration. So opening increases. So that's let your mind sort of free associate like that. Um, and I can't think of any more off the top of my head for the characters. And what you can also do is connect to the sound. So or try to, you know, it doesn't always work. And the characters doesn't always work either. So Renko, Renk, Renko, Renko, Renko. It doesn't this doesn't um Okay, so and that's sometimes you can do half half. So Ren means people or person and ko that reminds me of like dot co, like company, right? So a people company, they create population. So I'm imagining like so I would maybe search for a picture of someone like printing people, or like people people being created on a production line. And, you know, that sounds ridiculous, right? But you, you'd be surprised. I'm sure if you're listening to this, maybe if you try and search for that, you'd probably be able to find it. I haven't done any previous research on this. I'm just, just spitballing, right? Uh, and that, yeah, so then for the, the other one I said for, uh, I would maybe get um, uh, like a funny image or some sort of image of like, uh, lots of people like eating a lot like uh maybe like locusts or something like that um or uh people just i don't know maybe i can get people like uh the body snatchers like standing there with their mouths open like uh like i don't know so that's the idea and just one image is fine but if you can think of several connections just put them all in there and then of course there's a mnemonic connection right so you can zheng kou um uh, so a lot of the times this is built in because of how Chinese words are structured. So, but basically it's just a written version of your mental connection. So you just say people openings. So you just like write the connection out essentially. So, um, yeah. So the, the number of people's mouths, so two characters must be sort of mentioned really. And then the keywords, sort of those three things, they've got to be connected. So the people's mouths, the number of people's mouths is the population of a place. You know, so that's a, that's an example of a mnemonic, and maybe not completely, maybe not perfect, maybe not uh, the strongest mnemonic, but it's good enough for me. So those are three different connections that you can make, or four, I think. But you only need one, and you can just move on. So don't spend too much time. Like don't spend like five minutes, like I just did, rambling. Uh, just choose one. Okay, next, got an image. That's the key part. Put it in your flashcards and move on. Right? And you can always add more images or connections later on. Uh, yeah, so that's just uh, that's just a few examples there for you, uh, Patrick. So I hope that clears it up. The last comment we've got here is from Oscar, who uh, I did actually an interview with very recently. And he... Oh, that was cool, actually. Yeah, so he, he made some suggestions. I think I did mention this in the last podcast. He made some cool suggestions about 
well, he actually, uh, he, he said that one of the ways that we could improve was improving listening content. And it's really easy. There's a lot of things that we could do that are relatively easy. So I wouldn't say really easy because I'm not the one who has to make it. Our assistant is going to do it for us. But like, we can make an Anki deck uh, that's purely more listening based. It's quite easy to make quite quick. Uh, and just some purely audio files of all, all of our sentences just on shuffle that you can just put into your you know, smartphone or whatever and just listen on the go. So that's just two easy steps. So we've decided to do that based on Oscar's uh, uh, comments. So uh, he says, I find it most impossible to shadow any of the sentences that are longer than a few characters without completely destroying any semblance of having correct tones. No worries, like with a lot, you know, it sounds like you, you maybe solidified some bad habits and um, tones. There's a lot of things that, that we that we do with Mandarin Blueprint, the, the method itself, that massively improves your tones. Like there's a lot of techniques that we, there's several techniques that we talk about in pronunciation mastery, like thinking there's 19 tone pairs. That's it, 19 combinations. Uh, you choose an anchor tone or tone sorry tone pair anchor so basically a word that has that tone pair so 19 different words and you master those individually so for example uh first tone first tone be feiji so feiji is your anchor uh, why do i keep saying this wrong tone pair anchor for first tone first tone uh and then you think of a choose another word for first tone second tone Yinwei, that's, that's a really bad example. Um, but you get the idea. You, you choose those words and you practice them. You have like a tone pair chart, which we do provide for you uh, in the course. So that's one thing you can do. Uh, next thing is the hands and moving method. Because the tones, which is something I forgot to mention in my uh, answer to um, Curtis, the tones are actually laid out, you know, in the, they're attached to the rooms within the house, um, which adds a visual link, another anchor, if you like, to uh, the tone. So fourth tone is a bathroom. Oh, this character's in the bathroom. It must be fourth tone. It doesn't, it's not perfect. It's not watertight because, of course, about 20% of characters have multiple pronunciations and often multiple tones. So, But for at least one usage of that character, you are set. Um, so that is another thing. As you progress through uh, the hands and moving method and you solidify those characters more, in your mind and you continue to practice the pronunciation mastery techniques uh, your tones will improve but at the end of the day it's tough right that that those two are not going to just help everyone become perfect at tones some people are naturally just better uh, as well um, or some people have much better habits or they start with mandarin blueprint from scratch <laughs> and they don't have any bad habits for example um, just throw a plug in there again um but yeah the the only thing i can really suggest uh, apart from the other things i suggest the other only other thing i can suggest is taking your time just focusing um repetition i don't know what it is that's causing your tones to be so messy i i don't know but it, with a bit of focus and a bit of elbow grease, it, they will improve massively. Will they be perfect? No. Guess what? Mine aren't either. Even my wife's isn't. Aren't. She messed up a tone the other day. She said she had to correct herself. She said the wrong tone. And that's very, very rare, of course. But uh, it's about as rare as I say you know, I, I misspeak in English, which is re relatively rare. But it does happen. Okay. 
Um, and it's going to happen. And it especially depends on your mood, your situation, where you are, who you're talking to is a big one. You know, I've, I've mentioned this before. If I talk to, I'm talking to someone that causes me a bit more stress, you know, like uh, my wife's family or something, they're lovely, but, you know, you can mess up a lot in China. It's not just about language mastery. It's also about cultural mastery here. You know, you could say the, the you know, say something with uh, decent pronunciation and grammar, but you said it to the wrong person. Now they're offended. You know, so I've always got that in the back of my mind, which causes me to make more mistakes and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, but yeah, um, start small, start with individual words, master those tone pair anchors. Uh, you're probably past the individual tone stage by now, because I know you're at least on 200 characters by now, Oscar. But um, once you started to master that, master individual phrases, say them 50 times. Don't just do it on your flashcards. Have it on your in your on your phone or whatever you do to listen to stuff around with you repeat the same thing not different stuff different things like this it's kind of like bruce lee quote you know i fear the man i don't fear the man who's practiced ten thousand kicks i fear the man who's practiced one kick ten thousand times um focus on just narrow your focus and hit key phrases like a one sentence or several like a handful of phrases hit them 20 30 50 100 times um and also work with the tutor someone that's actually maybe on italki you find a tutor that specifically is helping with pronunciation and tones but it doesn't really matter that much actually to be honest as long as they're a native speaker and they can point out politely <laughs> and nicely and friendlily that your tones are wrong and how you know where exactly which ones are wrong you know so that's another step that you can take there but yeah tones i would say in terms of you know in terms of the whole language maybe uh, tones and characters are the toughest and with our method and uh, you know you've mastered characters and there's no there's nothing to worry about with characters but yeah the tones just 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 keep up with that and let me know how it goes uh, i think that's four suggestions for you so it should be enough to get, be getting on with uh so thanks guys that's the uh all the comments and emails for this week uh let's go into the movies so again we've got a select few here like seven or so that's great um so again like i said last time i like this i like seeing more and more of these each week means more and more people are making their way into the intermediate course which is fantastic chris n on make a movie for cool he says i think i'm going to make a prop out of gal which means to tell uh, because it's the right side component of cool because it's a component in 16 characters Although I don't know how common they are. <laughs> yeah, that's the key part. It's tell, and it looks a bit like an old-timey telephone. Nice. So then for this one, my cool actor is take, uh, talking to his ex on an old-timey telephone. She's being brutal. That's cool. It's hand cool yeah, to him. It also means cool as well. That's kind of like a transliteration, though. And he's taking swigs from his bottle because he she's so cruel. <laughs> that's very shendong. I think that's the right, 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 right word for it. Um, it's very uh, vivid. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, good story. Uh, and I'll mention the first point you said about <clears throat> making it into a prop in just a sec, but it's related to Tyson's comment as well. So he says, um, since uh, Null is a component in several characters, I made it a prop. Samwise. 
<clears throat> oh, sorry, not null. Uh, Nulli. Uh, yeah, so that's Lee. Sorry, it's the second part of null. I uh, mix them up. Mix them up. Tyson has done the same as Chris. Like he's decided to uh, make props because it, that particular component is commonly used. And that's absolutely fine. We don't mind people doing that. In fact, Tyson's done this a bunch throughout the course. He said, oh, I'm going to make this into a proper. Here's the thing. Um, and Tyson knows this already, but uh, just for Chris, um, we, me, Phil and I, we sort of went through every single component, every single character very carefully with a fine tooth comb. We thought, how often is this prop used in this section you know so far in in the characters that we've covered the 1500 characters or um in fact the foundation was done separately so the first 600 characters and then we, we added we doubled it so basically we did it section by section and so we said for example in the foundation course are oh, this character this uh, prop this component is really common it's used in 10 characters but only used in one character in this particular 600 set so let's not bother making it into a prop right now because what is that? That's just extra work for you, the user, when we can just get you to make a prop when it actually matters, say, in the intermediate. Uh, so we don't want you spending extra energy and time. That was our philosophy behind it anyway. We want we don't want people... The whole point of Mandarin Blueprint, I think, you know, there's a lot of points to it, let's say, but one of the underlying philosophies is efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Um, we want you to do as little work as possible to get the most results, biggest bang for your buck. That's And that's how we painstakingly chose the character order, synced up with the words and stuff like that, right? Um, it's not perfect, you know, it's, it's, but we, we tried to get as close to we can uh, as we could to perfect. And then when the intermediate came out, same thing happened. We, uh, we came up with oh, a bunch of props. Like, for example, I think Lee would be one where it's so rare in this section of characters that we just released. It's only used in Jian Kang the Kang and maybe one other character. So it's like, is it worth it right now? No, but when we release the advanced course, of course we'll make a prop out of this, but you don't need to do it right now. So that was our uh, thinking behind that. So essentially, Chris, when it comes to things like this, go ahead and make your prop, but that means you'll have to make, you know, you'll have to go through that extra time and effort to do that and also, uh, you might need to make a Anki card for it. And it's used in 16 characters. But remember, there's probably at least 100,000 characters in existence. I've heard numbers as silly as 250,000 or something like that, right? So, yeah, the, the key thing is, is that are those 16 characters anywhere near the, the, the most common 3,000, which makes up 99.1% or 99.7% of all the characters in existence, right, in terms of coverage and usage? So we did a lot of, we already, you know, planned all this out and stuff, but do what you like, but just letting you know that if it's anything that's common, it will be uh, released later on as a prop in the intermediate course or when we release the advanced course later. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. So, um, you know, but yeah, go ahead. Awesome. Do what you want. It's a great story as well. <laughs> I, I, I very much like your brutal story. Next, we have uh, Rick Santos uh, make a movie for Lung, uh, which means wave, uh, as in Bo Lung, or it can also mean um, uh, Lung Man, the Lung, the, the romantic. It's the first part of romantic. Isn't that nice? The word romantic has um, the word wave 
in it. It's quite cool. While dozing off in the backyard, Luke was dreaming. Oh, is that me? I'm I'm his L. Okay, nice. Luke was dreaming that a nice angel, Liang, that's the right side component, which means nice. I mean, that's what Liang is, was transporting him to Englang. Oh, Englang. Okay, over this England, I guess. Uh, over the splashing waves of the sea. Nice. Only to wake up with his son playfully spraying his face with a plastic water gun. His son then waved his water gun in victory and ran out to look for another victim. So yes, everything has been, all the boxes have been ticked there. Rick, well done. Uh, thanks for using me. I'm honored as well. Um, brilliant. Well done. Uh, although uh, waving, you know, wave, it's not that kind of wave. That's not what it means. But you know, I guess it can't hurt, you know, as long as just don't confuse yourself over that. Uh, but very good scene. George Laura uh, for Make a Movie for Night, as in your night or night night, which means uh, mother's mother, grandmother. Nicholas Cage, the ghost rider. Ah, oh, cool. Has a well-kept secret. He regularly has problems to sleep well, but he has found a way out. When he arrives home in the bathroom of my AI set after a long night, he loves nothing more than changing into some cozy women's clothes, uh, pull on his boxing uh, or sleeping gloves, and have a warm milk. Then he can sleep very well. <laughs> so he used women's clothes, women's clothing, to represent the, the female component on the left, uh, and um, and the boxing gloves. It represents the uh, the the right side component. That is great. Simple, vivid, get ticks all the boxes. Well done, George. Joel Fortin on Make a Movie for Diao, uh, which means uh, well, we use the word intercourse, but as in like interchange, like you know, it can be used in many ways. No one get offended or send us emails, please. My Chinese friend Dear is standing outside the entrance of my AO set. Walking towards the house is Mr. Incredible. That's the full, the father component. That's a really good one. Wearing a hat. Uh, as he gets closer, Dia noticed that it's green. She chuckles and says, do you know that wearing a green hat means that your wife is having intercourse with another man? Mr. Incredible's face suddenly drops, mouth open, eyes wide open, and looks completely stunned. So he quickly takes off the hat off his head and throws it as far away as possible with his strength. It disappears into oblivion. First of all, Joel, very well written. Second of all, I know I usually go on about how you must make the keyword connection visual, <laughs> but I'm glad you didn't in this case of in the case of intercourse. Well done for keeping it PG-13 uh, whilst also being completely enough to link to the, the true meaning, okay? Uh, very well done. Uh, thank you for making it podcast worthy as well. Like, you know, not naughty. Awesome. Third, yes, wearing a green hat in Chinese culture means that your wife cheated on you. Um, so, uh, your wife gave you like that means she gave you, she gave you, like, you know, she made you wear a green hat. So you will never see anyone in China wearing a green hat. They do not do well in terms of sales here. Uh, and do not wear one if you're, um, 
if you're a foreigner here, you know, people, obviously, they won't care that much, but you might get a few laughs from some teenagers. Uh, so, yeah, well done there, Joel. Uh, next, Pablo Prieri, make a movie for uh, Tang, uh, as in sugar. He says, my tea actor at my A&G location kitchen is attempting to mix rice, that's the left side component, with Tang orange juice powder. I don't know what that is, but I can imagine what it is. Uh, using a mini mixer, he obtains brown sugar. He uses his finger to taste it. He can feel the sweetness and freshness of it. Maybe you can add taste to uh, the movie scene too. I'm sure you already have, naturally. My mouth's actually starting to water just imagining sugar. I'm a massive sugar addict. It's my it's my drug of choice, I suppose. Rick Santos is, is the next one here on Make a Movie for Sheng. Uh, which means oh, a couple of things actually. This is one of those funny ones where it's it's pronounced exactly the same, but it has two complete, or well, at least two completely different meanings, which is relatively rare. Usually, when a character has multiple meanings that are very different, it has different pronunciations to signify that, or at least that's that's how I see it. But with Sheng and a few others, so let, let's uh, explore the meaning. So Sheng. Um, means uh, to save, right? Uh, like save money, or uh, like to, to save the hassle. Um, uh, but it also means um, province as well. So Sichuan Sheng, which means Sichuan province, or where I am now, Yunnan Sheng, like Yunnan province. So that's weird, isn't it? Uh, it's not that common, actually. Uh, so number one, he says, the little shao, uh, which means few or little uh, in Chinese, is money that is left. SH actor keeps in a safe uh, box. That's the mu component. It looks kind of like a safe box, safe deposit box in the bank. In the bedroom of the ENG set, that is how he saves. Very simple, very clear, good. Uh, he's given us a second option as well, which is to save time and be an efficient ruler the SH actor decentralizes his government and creates provinces where a lesser or little area of the big state can be better supervised. So supervised more, I guess you can make that connection there. So that's obviously much less visual, but it's still a very smart connection there. Um, a more theoretical connection to the... To that. So uh, thanks for that, Rick, giving people two options to work with there. Very, very useful. And the final one we have here... Next here is from Soren Korsbuk. I'm, I'm sure I've said that wrong. Uh, make, a, make a movie uh, for Bao, um, which means to explode. And he, he just went for a pretty simple one. I went for a volcano for the Bao prop on the right, making this movie scene very easy. He says, my B actor throws the Olympic torch into the volcano, which then explodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a character like explodes, you're not exactly going to imagine that you don't need anything complicated, do you? Especially when it has a fire component in there. Um, so, and I believe the right side component means uh, violence. Um, so, yeah, no one expects you to write an essay on that one, Soren. Uh, well done, everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, for your movie scenes they're very entertaining um, uh, sorry if I was going off on a lot of tangents and rants today um, but I hope some of it was useful and uh, I will see you again in a couple of weeks bye bye